1: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to Authentic U Media, featuring radio, TV, webinars, and live events worldwide. And today, presenting interviews with Authentic You with your hosts, Michelle Lavo, author, international speaker, and also known as the celebrity numerologist, and Jeffrey Miller, author, international speaker, and also known as the interventionist. And now, here's Michelle and Jeff. Enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon to this entire planet. Wow, what a beautiful day. Thank you so very, very much for being with us on Interviews with Authentic You, Authentic You Media and Radio Worldwide. I am Jeffrey Miller, also known as the Interventionist. I will be your host today. Uh, my co host, Michelle Abo, is not with us today. She is actually in a very important meeting in L.A. Good news coming up later. And we wish you nothing but the best on that. But that said, we've got a special, special show. As you know, we like to be diverse in that that we bring you for content. But it has to err on the side of authenticity because that is what Authentic You Media is all about, Authentic You Radio, and interviews with Authentic You, this very show. And this is the pride and joy of the company, Authentic You. It is the show that is far and represents the company authentic U media so we're very very happy to be able to find some very very wonderful authentic people out there doing great things for other people leading ahead of themselves with contribution and they really really think about the other people which is wonderful and that's what it's really all about that really began a long time ago in the beginning of our mankind so to speak uh, we call it altruism the altruistic way of being, you know. If I was the carpenter and I could fix your roof, and you were the baker and you could make me some bread for my family, we might trade, and we were constantly doing and giving and sharing, which completes that circle. Of when you give, you shall also receive, and that's uh, been around for a long time in many different faiths of religion, etc. That said, our special guest today is Attorney Melissa Signband Dragon, Esquire who has been a divorce trial attorney for 15 years. Melissa founded the first holistic family law practice in Massachusetts in 2006, following her divorce from her son's father. Melissa then remarried in 2008 and lives near Boston with her husband, Jeff, her daughter and her son. Melissa is a frequent guest, legal commentator on radio and television, as well as stars in her own Divorce the Drama video blog series on YouTube. And i got to tell you, you've got to see that as I've watched it, and I loved it. Melissa also serves on the board of the Nazareth Girls Academy, as well as in Boston Women Connect organization, a part of an ongoing commitment to mentorship and empowerment of women through entrepreneurial endeavors. Phenomenal. Melissa, welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you for having me, Jeff. What a wonderful introduction you've given me. I'm uh, I'm humbled. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for being with us, and we're humbled that you're with us. You know, it's, uh, there are a lot of people out there walking and talking what they say and what they do, and, and you are one of them, and we're very, very, very happy to have you with us. Uh, you know, when we, when we look at our uh, guests and a lot of people ask to be on the show, um, the fortunate thing is there are a lot of people that have really found themselves authenticity. They really know who they are. You know they know mm-hmm. their mission their thing, and sometimes that doesn't feel comfortable to a lot of people because they believe that you know society has told them from the time they can remember as children this is who you're supposed to be, and this is what you're supposed to do, and then they evolve into this thing and say, "No, that's not who I am, <laughs> right but you know, right.
0: That kind of... well go ahead well it's it's interesting because uh you know, if we were to go in the wayback machine when I was six and I saw Annie on Broadway, I thought, well, that's what I'm going to be a musical theater actress." And uh, then I'm completely tone-deaf and over-actor, and I've got two left feet. So uh, life kind of told me early on that I was going to have to rethink my plan of action. But um, what is call, what I now call kind of a legal improv is what I do. So uh, I've got a stage, but it's a courtroom. I've got an audience, it's a cranky judge. Uh, I've got facts, and I've got to creatively weave it together to position my client and the family that remains in the wake of divorce in the best light possible for success post-divorce. So it's it's funny how we kind of find our way. It's not really the way we thought initially or maybe the way we planned, but it all comes together. It, speaking of which, even when I was in law school, I met my son's father, my ex-husband, And what looked like a great partnership was for a period of time, but we wound up getting divorced. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have had the personal experience that was necessary for starting the first chapter of my book, Divorce the Drama, and be able to share our family's inspiring story of healing in the wake of divorce and successful co-parenting. Because that's been, I think it's a story that, Parents need to hear so that they can see there is hope for a positive relationship post-divorce. Absolutely,
1: absolutely agree with you on that, Melissa. You know, it's that walk of life that we take that we, until we recognize who we really are, and you know that comes right to that that word divorce because many, many, many couples are together for the wrong reason. And sure. They think they have the right stuff in the beginning but they really don't know they don't know how to evaluate and it's only as of late and I'll tell you as a strategic interventionist uh, my mentor is Tony Robbins and that Tony and you've done Tony's programs as well as we've mm-hmm. as we discussed and he Tony's really up on that and he has a program about that with his wife and it really hits it cracks the nut so to speak you know it's it's the one and if we recognize when we're going into a relationship does in fact, this person recognizes what wants, needs, and desires in life. And somebody mm-hmm. would say, oh, oh, wait a minute, you're being a little bit, uh... no, you're off there, right, Jeff. No, actually, I'm not, because you have a right to be who you are. Right. So that does not mean that everybody is going to match who you are. There's the difference. But we Correct. think, oh, well, okay, I'm physically attracted to this woman from a male's perspective. Um i um, somewhat mentally attracted. We get along, you know, sex is great, things are good. Next thing you know, you're married with children. And right. all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're looking at each other going, who are you?
0: Right, yeah. right, right. And how did I get into this? And, I, you know, you and I can't agree the sky is blue. How are we right. supposed to get through the next 18 years raising this child? And, you know, that... It's interesting because, you know, we come together for a reason, we produce a child, and then the, the dynamic changes so dramatically that a lot of very well-meaning couples, very well-meaning families are just not able to weather that emotional storm, the, the way it just taxes the resources of a family. And so people wind up having to split up. The problem is, is that when they go from one home in a negative, toxic, fighting sort of way to two homes, and no one's retrained either parent on how right. to divorce the drama of their breakup, you're going to have that kind of never-ending divorce. The parties divorced ten years ago, but you're still hearing about their drama. They can't be at their kids, you know, uh, uh, recital. Together, They can't go to doctor's visits together. They can't go to important meetings about education and medication for their kids. So who's really suffering? The kids. So that's really my inspiration, my motivation in learning a new way with my ex-husband was because I looked at it that whatever I feel about him, now that we're not going to be a couple anymore, without him my son wouldn't exist. And he's everything. Wow. So if I can't give him two parents in one home, I've got to make it better, okay? And when you're sitting there wondering if you need police intervention to, to break up an argument, with you know, and it's that ugly, you're looking there going, okay, and how am I ever going to have successful co-parenting with this person? You must be crazy. There is a way, though, you know, I mean, and and – and I was able to develop a way for myself, and now I've shared it with my clients and it's set forth in my book. Well, that's
1: fantastic, and you know the story behind each successful person that really cares about helping other people really comes out of your own story and that sure. you live something and then you recognize the want and desire to tell the world because right. you. You feel that what you've gone through, you don't want somebody else to go through, and you know that people are suffering in that. You know how they feel because you know how you felt, and you want to help people. But there are so many people. Folks, if you would only understand to our audience now, you have the ability, unique ability to share a story. Oh, yes. And to get help doing so is going to help an immense amount of people. Melissa, I pride you on that because that you were able to do. You went through it, you lived it. Here you are, a divorce attorney yourself, uh, <laughs> and and you still went through it. Uh, amazing. Right. What, well, what? it was
0: interesting. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead. Oh, no.
0: Go ahead. Well, it was interesting because what was happening was here I was a divorce attorney, litigating cases, going to trial, dealing with fractured families, working with psychi- psychiatrists, psychologists all sorts of people to support the best interests of the children and help mitigate the effect on the children's psyche uh, during the divorce, after the divorce, in the wake of these toxic relationships. And I started noticing that it wasn't simply that I had gone through a divorce and knew the experience or that I knew it from a technical way, but I started noticing that half of my cases were post-divorce conflict. And that didn't make sense to me because if you get an attorney and you understand the contract and you put together an agreement saying this is how we're going to be, conduct ourselves post-divorce, how does things go off the rails? And the reason why was not because of a lack of legal structure – or not because their attorneys didn't tell them how to behave, but neither parent divorced the drama. So they had to see each other every week to share time with their child or children, and they kept engaging in the old fights and the old hurts and slinging it back and forth because that's how they knew how to communicate with each other. And no one trained them of a new way of being. And it was through my own need to communicate with my son's father that I said, okay, so swearing at him and telling him how happy I am we're getting divorced is not going to be conductive to successful co-parenting. So next time I'm going to learn from this, and next time I'm not going to see him face-to-face. We're only going to communicate by email. It's just going to be about the facts, and I'm going to leave the personal editorials to myself Because all that is is toxic drama. And if you get divorced, you need to divorce the drama, too, if you want to have a successful second chapter of your life. It is possible. But so often people just don't know how. So we hear divorce attorneys say it's best to be amicable with your ex or it's best not to have an ugly divorce. But no one says, is here's this a four-step process that you can use right now and you can use as many times a day as you need, and this is going to ground you and empower you to take the lead as to how your life's going to look
1: post-divorce. You know, that's an and interesting, that, it's very interesting, go ahead.
0: Um, and, and that's what my book is aimed to do, is Divorce the Drama sets forth a four-step process for the reader uh, to be able to start turning the you know the drama Titanic if you will around uh, today, and that's the most important piece is giving people a roadmap and a guide of how to make things better.
1: That's fantastic, and we're going to get into those steps a little bit as we go along. And I, I wanted to reiterate a little bit the you said that you know you wouldn't have your son today, and that is that's the blessing of life. If you do, everything is for a reason. And, right. You know, Our soul's purpose on this planet, as far as I'm concerned, and I guess it's my humble opinion, and a lot of people seem to be agreeing with that, not with me, per se, but with that theory that we are here for specific reasons, each of us, that we are spiritual beings in human form, and that we have to, our souls incarnate are actually back here to learn. And we are put in circumstances with other people, with other spiritual people, human people, humankind, to learn because mm-hmm. we have it, and we're going to relive it until we do learn it. Well, dear God, isn't that the case in divorce? How many people get married, think well, things are wonderful, a certain number of years go by, one, two, three-plus children, you know, the 2.4 children scenario, 2.5, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, they are totally at odds with each other. They can't stand each other. They don't want to come home at the end of the day. They don't want to talk. The children are subjected to that. And as you said, it becomes this big cluster. Mm-hmm. And who are you, and I don't want anything to do with you. I'm just, you know, and I wonder if it couldn't be done something like this, Melissa. Well, so it's interesting. I interject this thought. What if to get married you had to go through a contractual program? First of all, you sign a contract, you want to get married. Well, that's what the marriage license is. No, it isn't. Marriage license just Well, valuable.
0: it is. But I think what you're talking about is what we would call a prenuptial agreement. And I can tell you those are quite interesting because you've got two people who are coming to meet with me for the best of reasons and they're all starry eyed with the plans of the wedding. And we've got to work out some details of what does the exit strategy look like. And that can spike a lot of emotion that can lead to weddings being called off. So, you know, it's a great idea, but, uh, you know, it's a real bummer for a lot of people to go from thinking about a wedding as far as just a wonderful, magical day and really working through the contractual obligations that are left in the wake of a breakup of a marriage. You've got alimony issues. You've got child support if you've got kids. You've got custody issues and time-sharing with your kids. It. They're very complicated matters of the heart, and that is where drama can really overtake and cloud people's judgment. Okay, what if we turned that around,
1: Melissa? What if we turned it around and said, now, as a strategic interventionist, and Tony Robbins, as I mentioned, is my mentor, uh, I do do a certain amount of relationship coaching with, generally speaking, just one side of the game, and usually it's the lady. And I don't know why, guys just haven't come to me yet and say, hey, Jeff, can you coach me on my relationship? Not that I can't, because I can and I'd be very happy to. It just hasn't worked out that way, matter of the way it is. However, look at it this way. What if we had an agreement that said, for the reasons that we are in love, for the reasons that we choose to be wed, that we choose to be partners for the rest of our time on this planet, we are going to look at this as a contract, yes, but not as a prenup in the sense that, we're looking at the end in mind. We're not looking at. It. We're looking at the beginning, and we want to keep the beginning through the entire matrimony, through the entire relationship, through the entire time until God chooses to lift us from the planet. So therefore, you would go through a program. We offer that in strategic intervention, by the way. We offer a program for people to see, are you really matched with this person?
0: But here's, that here's
1: what... The beginning is it going to stay to the end?
0: Here's the problem: is because
1: people okay. change.
0: So the day you get married, you start changing. You know, again, I mean, we don't—we're not static people. So True. you know, what what caused people to be compatible when they met in their 20s might not be in play anymore it, now in their mid 40s or mid 50s. Okay. Um, I've seen so many of those cases. I, I had one situation where. Uh, the husband had always been, you know, a really strong um, man who would do, you know, move move very heavy things and work on the house, and the wife was more of a traditional homemaker. Well, he almost died from this train accident and was put back together with screws and pins, and he wasn't able to do what he used to do that he defined who he was as a man, making him feel strong and and important and helpful. Uh, And his wife was in a position of having to police his behavior. So it completely changed the dynamic between these two people. And uh, they wound up getting divorced. And for her, it was heartbreaking because she didn't necessarily change. But uh, because of this accident, it changed how the two of them were together. And it became really unhealthy. And that's where... It is so important to be able to teach people how to start turning their perspectives around when they're in a really dark place where they see a marriage. I've worked with people who they have been married for three decades, and they never handled the checkbook, or they don't know how to cook at all because it was never – Something they had to do, and they're facing that now, and they might be losing their sight or you know on in dealing with some kind of disability, and that's when people really need hope. They need something. I, you and I had discussed earlier how, you know, it isn't so much that people don't want to hear that you're going through hard times, or depressed, or feeling hopeless but they they need to hear that you're doing something about it and divorce the drama book gives the reader a step-by-step process to do something about the place you're in uh either during divorce or post divorce where you're feeling stuck and hopeless and without resources and options Thank because you. our our best strength is within ourselves always Absolutely. and that's when when you're authentic, you're in touch with that, and you can make amazing things happen. And what happens is that when we get so caught up in my life is unhappy and it's your fault, so I'd be unhappy but for you being in my life, and I need to get you out of my life. Well, the problem there is that we're thinking that something outside of ourselves is going to make us feel better. We are the ones who are going to make ourselves feel better. It starts with getting back in touch with our own power to make change for the better.
1: How true Once is we that, get clear on like, what that
0: looks like. Right.
1: Like the, gas, the grass is always greener in the other fellow's yard, that old scenario, you know. And uh, and it, typically it's not because the stuff that you have, you, you know, and again we talked about this earlier as well, the reflection of the world is upon you, what you right. feel think is actually a reflection of what you believe and so you see people and people come into your life for a certain reason or a certain season and you go wow why look at this and then next thing you know you're not liking that well you attracted that in some way that's amazing
0: yeah
1: yeah and you know which brings me to the book I mean the book is fantastic I went over it and I haven't read it yet I am but uh, uh, the four-step process is fantastic you know and I love, you know, one of my questions was going to be early on, well, why did you decide to write a book? Well, you've been talking about that. You've been saying that, that the why, the big why you wrote the book is because there's so many people that are hurting so bad out there that don't recognize who they are. They don't really know who they are. And then another, another uh, little expression I use is the peat and repeat theory, you know, and in so much that I am coaching more women than men, and, and you know, it kind of fits. You leave Pete and then you go to repeat, and right. nothing's really changed. It's just a different face, a different time, and you think it's different, but in fact, you've gone for the same guy that you met and married the first time. There's, there's subtle differences, of course, but you in your makeup in the mind are thinking, oh, this is everything I wanted in that guy, but you wind up in a repeat situation because you've done nothing to change yourself, meaning right. you have... You haven't come to your own picture of who you really are, and what are you doing? Why are you attracting that that you really don't want in your life, meaning that man?
0: Well, that's why in the Divorce the Drama book, the first step is awareness, awareness of where you are right at this moment that you're reading the book and feeling displeased with your with the status of your life, your relationships, etc., awareness of where you are because if we don't know where we are we don't know how we're going to get there if we don't know that we're in new york we're certainly not going to get the right directions to get us to la so that's the first beginning then the second beginning ties into the peat repeat issue is i say give yourself a drama detox so for 45 days And I was asked, you know, what's the significance of 45 days? I personally used 45 days, and so I found it worked really well. Uh, You're not going to have any live contact with your ex. Uh, So people say, okay, but then we've got kids and we've got doctor's appointments. Okay, you can handle that by text or email, but it blows me away how people – Bemoan how their ex is ruining their life, and then they go into detail about how they take the calls at work from their ex, and their ex demands that they come over, so they come over and they get berated, and you know it gets dramatic, and the police have to be called. And I say to them, why did why are you going over to their house? Why are you taking the live call? I thought I had to, right? So the second piece is, what's that?
1: A glutton for punishment, maybe.
0: Oh well, you know I I call it the you know touching the hot stove theory you know we're all told not to touch the hot stove but you know the curiosity and and the danger and that pull to that what you know which goes back to you're living in one house in a way that is unhealthy and toxic however people can live like that for decades so that is what becomes what you know that's how you communicate with this person is with swearing and and yelling and threats And belligerence, that's how you became, that's your new status quo. Now you're going to go to two homes. No one retrains anyone on how to communicate. Well, so now when you're at a doctor's appointment, you're all charged anyway about the divorce or how everyone's been behaving post-divorce, and you never got, you, you stayed in that victim mentality of, my life is lousy because of him or her, versus saying, that was a chapter in my life. It closed Let me take a look at it, what worked, what didn't. What am I going to do next? What kind of life do I want to live now that I'm not Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so and I'm not restrained by their expectations for me? How am I going to be happy and help my kids be happy Now that we're living separately, how can I get rid of that toxic drama that caused the breakup in the first place? And if you can do that, then what are you left with? You're left with the other parent that made the children you love so much possible in your life. You're left with being able to meet together uh, on the sideline of a soccer game or go to family dinner together, which are, by the way, two things that I did with my ex-husband just within the last seven days. Uh, Brought my daughter from my uh, husband to meet up with my ex-husband and watch my son play soccer, and then afterwards we all went out to dinner. This is a common thing that we do. We give our son the benefit of being able to see his mom and dad be able to break bread and talk as friends and have a probably the healthiest relationship we'd be capable of having so in the end it was my desire to give my son something better if I couldn't give him everyone under the same roof and that was the driving force for me to find a different way and then as I shared my story with my clients they said, you've got to write a book so that you can teach other people how you did this
1: because it's That's really fantastic. remarkable. Melissa, you touched on some very, very important pieces of the puzzle that I utilize in human needs psychology as an interventionist with relationships in particular along with just individuals that are just suffering from that that they don't realize. You know What they don't know, they don't know. Mm-hmm. and it starts off you know, you talk about the habitual way we act. You know, I can't stand you. I want nothing to do with you. But then you're back over their house having a meal with them, and God knows, then you then you then you're going to do something else because right. of the it's because of the habit. Those habits and that way of behavior actually start out back from before we can even remember, which is about the age of two or three, because with certain rules of life and depending on whom the parents are or whom the teachers are in your life, and that means people you know, people you meet, other children, other adults, mothers, fathers, family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We develop and form our model of the world, and our model of the world is predicated on all that we have learned, and it goes into our subconscious, and it's typically stored there for what we call protection because the brain knows two things, pain and pleasure. Don't want pain, okay. you want pleasure. So, wait a minute. Then, why are people staying in relationships, or why are they going back into relationships and involving themselves back in bad situations like the bad life syndrome and all that stuff, when in fact they know, they should know, don't do this? Because for some reason, the comfort bullet, as bad as it is, is an amazing thing that's been really decided about this, is much, much, much psychological profile and work on this is that people are so habitual that it's become such an ingrained habit that they just do it, subconsciously so just go back to it.
0: And then well, they go, the oh, I, time, what do they do? And that's,
1: that's really where you're at with that. Um,
0: it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't, right? So, well,
1: exactly.
0: you're, you know, people can be unhappy, but first of all, you got to keep in mind that, you know, uh, I, it wasn't that – When my son was two, one day I just woke up and I said, okay, I'm done with this marriage. You know, it was, uh, we were struggling before we had him, and then after we had him, things continued to get more and more difficult and acrimonious to the point that I didn't want my son to be witnessing this between us, like awful fights. So, you know, it's a situation where it's slowly over time people start to – they either become aware or they stay a hostage to the situation. But it's similar to when it goes south, when it gets really negative, it's similar to Stockholm Syndrome, in that, you know, it's kind of like what is keeping you there is negative and toxic. But at the same time, there's comfort in the structure of it, in the reliability of it, in the familiarity with it, and then the idea of divorcing. Now you're jumping off into the great unknown abyss, and you don't know how ugly it could be, and you hear all these horror stories, and you see them in the news, and you think, oh my gosh, I've got to stay. I've got to stay because I can't. That looks worse than what my reality is right now. And so, you know, but the thing is people are visualizing a future negative. And what I'm looking to teach people to do is to look at the now and then allow themselves to visualize a future positive and work from that vantage point, shifting their focus to a positive for themselves. And that's where hope starts to come back into the picture.
1: That's extremely true, and I want to throw an interjective thought into that for everybody as well. The thing that causes you that and that full-letter word that you're talking about is actually fear. Right. Fear is an ingrained thing that we've had since the beginning of mankind again when we came out of the cave and said, oh, my God, well, I'm either going to kill that thing and it's going to be lunch or it's going to have me for lunch. And it's still a fear factor that's in our brain. That fear causes us to do things that are uncomfortable, but it's the fear of the unknown that is more comfortable. Therefore, we stay in that paradigm, which is very sad. If more and more people would realize what the opposite of fear is, the word is love. Unconditional love. Oh, you mean for my ex? I'm not talking about your ex now. I'm talking about you. If Mm -hmm. you would go to the unconditional love and feel that for yourself and actually walk up to a mirror and say, I love me, And if you can't do that, you need to learn how to do that. You need to get that coaching, that counseling to get you to that point so that you will know that you are worth it. And once you recognize that you are worth it, that fear of the unknown that you're talking about will be gone. It will vanquish. It's vanished because you are about love of yourself, and then you are portraying yourself in that positive light that you're talking about, Melissa, which is so beautiful, so wonderful. Uh, Well, you know,
0: in... In the Divorce the Drama book I also talk about breaking down fear into an acronym of false evidence appearing real. Oh, and it I is love such an empowering exercise to do that. And I work with my clients frequently with that and um, you know, they'll they'll have read the book, they understand the concepts, they're excited about you know how it can help them and then they'll start talking to me and they'll be talking about something that may happen in the future about 10 years from now and then they make all sorts of negative assumptions and paranoid uh conclusions and I and then that's where I say I pull them back and I say wait what you're talking about and you're now getting upset about are false evidence appearing real. These things haven't happened. It's somewhere way off in the distance. And it really helps to ground a person because then they can look at, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm fear-mongering in my own life. And why am I doing that to myself, right? And I don't have Ooh. to do that. But we're just so trained to start engaging in dark imaginings, especially when we're tired, when we're worn out, when we're on our last, you know legs it's it's so easy for the fear to creep in but if you can remember that acronym and look at that fear and say okay is this false evidence appearing real how much of this is real and if it's only 10% then worry about the 10% take action about that 10% uh but it really helps person shrink down, that overwhelm that can really get a hold of you when you're going through this kind of divorce uh, drama.
1: That's fantastic. I want to get to the book. We've got about yes. 30 minutes to show time left it's You know, time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? I know
0: uh, it.
1: I love, and again, I haven't read the book, but I've read about the book and and got into it, and you know, as you say, divorce is such a difficult subject. However, right. You have come up with a format, including a worksheet, which includes a drink at the end of each chapter. (laughs) I love it. So let's talk about why do you think this is an effective approach to the subject.
0: (laughs) Well, I do have a disclaimer at the start of the book that says I'm not meaning to say that drinking alcohol is a solution to your divorce drama, but it's Put there for much needed levity into an otherwise really heavy subject, some of my chapters in divorce the drama are talking about physical abuse and uh, you know all sorts of really heavy, difficult subjects and so to be able to then give an anecdotal story, give an empowering plan of action to the reader. Uh, so that they're starting to feel uh, their own personal power towards the end, seeing that there's a step-by-step type of worksheet, action that they can take. Now they're thinking about taking action. Now they're thinking about being a survivor versus a victim. Well, that's where a woman, and this is geared mostly towards women, uh, would at that place she call her back friends, and, and her other girlfriends, and they'd get together and she'd say, you know what, i figured out a way out of this mess, I want to get together with you girls, have a glass of wine and celebrate, or we'll make Cosmo uh, drinks for everyone or, you know, pink martinis, and that's how women get together, you know, it's, it's a very kind of sex in the city sort of um, uh, flavor to it, but it's recognizing the power of women getting together with women, uh, sharing a fun drink and finding a way to laugh and support each other through the pain, um, well, and then turning turning to men. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, "You know, I laugh so as not to cry." So, you know, we've got to find a way to uh, embrace the humor and embrace the levity, even within uh, challenging subjects. Because if we look hard enough, it's always there. That's
1: fantastic. I love that, Thank and you, uh, you know, it, it's a metaphoric value too. And I like it because, in and again, in humanistic psychology, we need to look at that when you accomplish something and you get through something, and you go, Ah, oh, it's time to sit back and have a relaxation period. It's okay to have right. a glass, it's okay to have a drink. It's okay. Um, you're not, you're not condoning alcoholism, but it's okay.
0: Right, to right, right. Over the well, reward. actually.
1: Maybe you go take a walk. Maybe you're going to go buy an ice cream. Maybe you're going to go, you know, go to the little shopping or something. But you do something to reward yourself for the accomplishment, which causes you a feeling. It's an emotion that you go to that causes you to feel better, and I think that's good. So that said, said, how much much more have you found that your information in the book – and I don't mean to use the word generalization, but it, it would appear to me that you could really utilize this not only for women, but for relationships, families, mm-hmm. work, professionals, etc. Um, mm-hmm. w- you know, and in, 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 we don't have a lot of time, but I have I got some other points I really want to go over about this with you. But what do you think? I mean, you definitely could.
0: Oh, almost kind of like a chicken soup for the soul, and then it's chicken right. soup for the sister's soul, and the mother's soul, and the father's I, uh It's funny. I have had more than one person say that to me. Um, when I was on uh, a cable show recently, the host said, uh, well, so can I apply this to dealing with my mother-in-law or dealing with a difficult (laughs) boss, And I said, absolutely, because really what it is, is it's based in the Buddhist theory of positive detachment and then going within to find your own core strengths and your own truth, and then moving from that place forward, reshifting your focus to a place of strength and power. And so absolutely it can be brought into any situation where the status quo is something you're looking to change. The key, however, is that the change isn't the person who is vexing you. The change is you. And then you being the change into the status quo, the situation must change because you're now going at that status quo differently than you ever have before.
1: Wow. You know, the statistics for divorce are staggering in the United States, and you being a divorce litigation attorney, you certainly know that. And and I believe uh information that I read on uh your bio is something to the fact that only five percent of all divorce litigation winds up being resolved by going to a contested trial. So therefore True. if you can go you can go in non contested and you've got your ducks in a row and everybody's gone through their thing, they say, Okay, this is done, we're doing it, you're hundred percent better off. Um oh, absolutely. Then,
0: I, I have what is seen it people after
1: marriages have, today or something in the in the country are actually going to divorce
0: I, I, Right, it's, it's about half, and then if you... It's higher, it's more at 60% if you're including second and third marriages. You know, uh, on the point of the value of an uncontested divorce. Now, that doesn't mean that you both have to be saying, yay, I want a divorce. Uncontested means we're not going to fight about the buyout of the house equity. We're not going to fight over the kids. There's seven days in a week, and I'm going to figure out what days you're going to be with them and what days I'm going to be with them. We're going to be fair about money and share expenses for the kids, and we're going to move on with our lives. That's what it means to have an uncontested divorce. And the value of that is immeasurable because now the kids see okay well so life goes on there's times when i'm with mom there's times when i'm with dad they come together when it matters for me um and i can go on with my life you know you're not miring the kids down with the adult drama you found a way to sidestep that. So the most successful divorces I've witnessed is where people can approach the issues like a business matter, drama-free, and they're guided by what's best for the children. However, that to most people seems like something they cannot obtain for themselves. And that is my goal with Divorce the Drama Book, is to give people a step-by-step accessible method to find a way to give themselves that detachment from the drama so that they can just co-parent successfully without all that toxic noise
1: that's fantastic you know my my father and grandfather raised me to be a carpenter uh for which i did for a number of years by the way and i say i enjoyed it and it was a great business for me for a long time and I never thought I would be because I started out in the in the professional, you know, with a suit and tie on every day in downtown Boston. However, mm-hmm. I did eventually go back to the overalls, you know, the work pants and the boots and enjoyed myself and my life so much better without the shirt and tie and being a carpenter. But I always had a tool for every job. And I believe from my heart that that's one of the most important things you can have in life is to know the tools for the job. Your book is a tool for this job, and it's fantastic. And I highly recommend everybody get a copy because I want to tell you something. Uh, In reviewing the book, although I said I haven't read it completely, but in reviewing it, absolutely fantastic, folks. You've got to get to it. You also mentioned, Melissa, that, you know, the drama sometimes and eventually does. And I can tell you myself as well. You told the story about how now you and your ex, for the sake of your son, can get together and break bread. That's a fantastic thing because children should understand that the parents still love the child. They don't hate the child, and the child's got nothing to do with the divorce. But the other side of that coin is children are always better to have come from a broken home than live in one. I've always yeah. remembered. And going through the divorce thing myself uh, twice, I totally get that. And I always maintained and, and I always realized that my children were number one in this situation and it was not their fault. It had nothing to do with them that this divorce was taking place, but it had everything to do with their mother and also everything to do with me because I had to mm-hmm. accept my share of the responsibility for it. So, but I was happy to, and I am happy now, years later, to attest. Although, have I have very little to do that the children are now grown and gone out and have their own children, I don't have to have anything to do with their mother, and typically don't. But I still give it on, and I still ask my children, "How is your mom? You know, how's everything going?" Etc. And it's for them that I do that. It isn't for me. It mm-hmm. isn't. It's, and I'm not saying I don't care because that's not who I am. Uh, I'm about mm-hmm. caring and about love and. Um, but it's just they like, they, they feel good. They feel better to know, gee, after all these years, Dad still does give a down, you know. Uh, oh, it's yeah. just my way of drawing. It's my way of showing that I do. And, again, from day to day, I'd have no conversation. But uh, So you have been able to say that that does eventually. There are different things that happen, you know, and you, and, and you look at all the different people that are divorced in the country, from Hollywood people to people you know to friends, family, et cetera. It's not fun. It's not fun. No. So... But it can be an
0: incredible growing experience, okay? There's a wealth of knowledge that you can get through the divorce process. It can really cause you to look at your life and then treat it like a blank slate once you get that divorce decree and say, okay, so how am I going to start going at relationships with myself and with other people differently? Uh, How am I going to connect with my children more meaningfully? It can be a catalyst to making positive, powerful shifts in the way that you move through your world, uh, to say, I'm no longer going to accept a relationship that has these qualities in it. I don't care how charming this person is, uh, you know, you can, because you can learn from your past. And so it's an unhappy thing to go through, but it doesn't have to go on for years. It doesn't have to cost six figures and, you know, draining the kids' college funds, fighting over what happened five years ago and who did what to whom. So, but, but the key is, is that to truly be successful for your children during and post-divorce, you've got to learn what matters and what doesn't. You've got to know how to structure your world for them so you're eliminating the the negativity that, that was ruling the home at one point. And you've got to show them that you've moved on in a positive way. If they see that, they're going to take that cue from you. Uh, But if they see that you're falling apart or that you're spinning your wheels and you just don't know how to get out of bed in the morning, that's what really causes a lot of the anxiety that children have due to uh, having divorced parents, is that their parents aren't doing well in the wake of it. So uh, what I'm looking to do is give people hope and empowerment uh, that they can tap into any time on their own um and put together a strategy uh you know give them kind of a journey to follow uh that I carved out for myself and has it has been Tremendously successful as far as being able to successfully raise my son with my ex. Um, And my ex and I are Facebook friends. Uh, So, you know, it just shows how amicable we are. And it's a source of pride for both of us that we're able to be uh, such good friends uh, now in the wake of all that was. So there is hope. Uh, But you just have to know what matters and what doesn't, and that's what Divorce the Drama Book is aiming to help people understand.
1: That's fantastic. You know, uh, I hope everybody really grasped that. I'm sure you have, folks. And if you're listening to us live, glad to have you with us once again. Uh, I didn't set up to take any callers today. Um, Basically, there was so much content to talk about, on the matter of divorce with Melissa that, that I chose not to. But I'll tell you what, at a later date, we're going to get back together, uh, Melissa, and we're going to actually do that. We're going to get a discussion call going. Uh, we have a, a format that we utilize that we bring in, you know, two or three uh, coaches, yourself, another one, and myself, and we'll do a round-robin discussion on this. And we'll actually take callers and let them call in and get the advice of, us noted authorities in these different areas, you know, with between whom you need psychology, yourself as the litigation attorney, divorce attorney with the book, divorce the drama. Um, The drama eventually fades, and that's that's a good thing. Um, It does leave scars, and it's, as you said, Melissa, very eloquently, it's how you handle that, folks. How are you going to handle this drama? Start handling mm-hmm. it from the get-go. If you know you've got to get the divorce, you know that's inevitable, and there's no way because you've recognized there are, there are just traits about this person that you can't live with. Shame that we didn't realize it before, but as you said, Melissa, everything for a reason. But mm-hmm. if you realize it that now, that's your learning curve. As you said, that's the hope. That's the, the, the love that you can now share and say, ah, okay, now the next time around I'm going to attract the person into my life that, in fact, I can live with this type of person and he can live with me as this type of person. And that's really what it's about. And, mm-hmm. again, as we mentioned in the very beginning, a lot of us, and you take kids these days getting married for the reason of, oops, we have a baby coming along, um, how many of them just don't last? They just don't. All right. Years ago they did because there it was, it was no such thing. You didn't get a divorce. Uh, right. it might, I, I don't know how good that was either Let's be serious, it's a total other end of the spectrum And we don't want to talk about it. But right. uh, many, many marriages Stayed together for the sake of And they weren't happy families, they weren't happy homes
0: uh, Again,
1: a child is better To come from it than live in it The um, mm-hmm. child is here For a specific reason, it's another soul That's been brought forward to this earth And that is one of the most beautiful things above all. And if you two people can say, hey, I a guy, you a woman, and you get together and you have this beautiful child, there is a good reason to believe that you were together for the right reason. And if you can't stay together, then you cannot. If you recognize you can't make the amends, you can't put the pieces together, it's, you know, it's It's broken for all the reasons it is, then you've got to do something about that. And then you need to call a great attorney. Her name is Melissa Seinband Dragon. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <laughs> you
1: know, I, I can highly Thank you for that
0: it. vote of confidence.
1: I can tell you I can highly recommend her for the Boston Metro because that's where I'm from as well. So I live up in the States in Maine presently, but my family is all south of the city and I lived and worked there. I was born there and uh It's been my alma mater. I love Boston. I love everything about it, and the South Shore where I'm from, and down to Plymouth. And and uh, I actually grew up in Weymouth, Massachusetts. And uh, I I love the state. I love everything about it. And I frequent it once a month at least. I'm there and visiting family, etc. Then I come back to the sticks. So yeah, I'm glad to know that there is a possibility of, of, you know, and you said, and you mentioned earlier too about breaking the pattern of hateful behavior. And we've got about nine minutes left, and my gosh, we could go on and on and on and on. There's so much that we could and will talk about. Uh, the emotional part of it is, you know, when you're when you're handling, uh, you know, and typically, is it women that are coming to you or men as well?
0: Well, it's. Uh both men and women, you know, because it it takes, generally, those are the people who are married and those are generally the people who are getting divorced, although I have had some same-sex couples as well, and what's interesting is that most people are like most people, and when people hurt, they hurt similarly, and so it really doesn't matter if it's a same-sex marriage or if it's a traditional marriage or if it's a man or a woman, the emotions are the same. Uh, you know, Paul Simon said, you know, losing love uh, is is like a window in your heart and everyone can see your lonely part. And it's poetic and so true that you feel just ripped apart, like this atom bomb went off in your living room and your all your flaws are hanging out there for everyone to see. And if you're a parent, you also feel like you're fa- failing your child or children. Uh, because you couldn't make the marriage work uh, despite all these efforts. So it's a really heavy time. Um, And what what I look to help people understand is we can treat that, we can work through that, you can get a great therapist and a coach and a mentor, uh, but don't bring it to the courtroom and don't act it out on that stage because what you're going to be doing is burning through your financial resources, your emotional and physical health uh, which is so important, and your ability to be present with your child. I've, ha- I've seen cases where people are in court spending thousands of dollars on each side to fight over $400. That is the just complete insanity. It's so toxic, no one wins. And so we've got to find a place to do the drama detox and give ourselves that 45 days of detachment from your ex so that you can start to heal the emotional side then when you reconvene when you start dealing with them again um, in a face-to-face way you've given yourself space to heal so the emotional piece is more in check and now you can get a lot more focused on what's your game plan how are you going to get from new york to la you know how are you going to get from in the middle of your divorce to settlement and moving on with your life what's that going to look like let's talk productively and proactively let's not bemoan and commiserate what is because all you're going to get is more of what is we need to change the dynamic and that starts and ends with you
1: sounds like the definition of insanity doesn't it yeah
0: absolutely
1: it has to change and if something's going to change you've got to change it you can't walk into the courtroom and say, okay, here we are, and start hashing it out there. It's not the place. Uh, yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And didn't they used to have in Massachusetts law, and I'm not sure about Maine or other states, there was a period called, because no fault and all that stuff was probably taken away, it was called um, legal separation. And that was that, that was that cooling off period. And I think that might have been part of the reason for it that you're mentioning. And if it wasn't, that's certainly a great thing. You know, take well, the point
0: there's a period of time it 's called the Nisi nice period and it 's after the divorce goes through and it 's a period of several months and you can 't waive it you you so basically you 're temporarily divorced and it 's not final until the end of this statutory period of time. It can be ninety days to one hundred and twenty days depending on whether your divorce was contested or not and People scratch their heads, why does that exist there and it 's because if something happens within those few months after the divorce was granted, you can get right back into court much faster and get relief because it's recognizing that things are still very fresh post-divorce and that people can be in a fog uh, while they're going through a divorce or shortly thereafter. Uh, I mean, my my ex husband had said that actually. He said, you know, you wound up taking more of our uh, CDs than I wanted you to. But when you were moving out, uh, I was just in such an emotional fog. I I I, I couldn't get focused. So, you know, right. in you've got to work when you're working with people when they're going through this type of major milestone in their life and it's a negative one the key to getting them back in the game and getting them feeling strong again is to give them hope and then also support them with a roadmap for success and highlighting the fact that if it's going to be successful that starts and ends with them and with their conviction to learn and grow from the experience in a positive way it's a choice you can make
1: that's great Have you had a situation come up as of late? Because I'll tell you, the typical outlook of a lot of people with attorneys is that they're in it for the big bucks. Oh, great, a divorce case, great, let's just drag this thing out. And and I know you're not that person. I just know you're not. And that said, um, how often are you actually finding um, that you can work with couples and actually save them from the divorce? Well,
0: if they have, oh, you mean be able to get them to reconcile? Yeah. And just, call. I've had it happen a couple times, actually. <laughs> and one time I had it happen, the other attorney saw the dollar signs and wanted to keep it going and was trying to convince the wife not to reconcile, even though they both were representing to me and the other attorney that this is what they wanted. And I remember being very horrified that an attorney would. Try mm. to stay, keep it going for the purpose of the money that could be. I mean, of course, that's not what they said, but you know, yeah, why? If these people are saying yeah. they want to dismiss the divorce, why are you going that to That is stand the
1: myth out there, and we're we're all happy that you're not one of those. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I need to be able to look and myself and in, the, in the mirror, uh, you know.
1: Yeah. We've got about three and a half minutes of show left. I can't believe this hour has gone by so quickly. Before I we get it. too late, uh, I want you to get your contact information out there, how people get in touch with you, uh, whether it be because they'd like to speak to you as an attorney, uh, or, in fact, I, I would hope more to do with Divorce to Drama and get the book.
0: Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh- So listeners can get Divorce the Drama book on Amazon.com, and uh, if they would be so kind as to post their thoughts about the book once they get it on Amazon, that would be helpful for future readers. They can also stay in touch with me uh, through uh, following me on Twitter at Divorce the Drama
1: or also
0: liking my Facebook page, Divorce the Drama with Melissa Dragon or they can uh, get some helpful information and further emotional and legal support through my website, www.melissadragon.com.
1: Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. This has been fun, i got to tell you, Melissa. Thank you so very, very much for being our guest today, and we will do this again. We'll get together in discussion again and get more into uh, what this is about, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a flurry of people who are going to want to know about it because, in fact, they're going to want to call in, and we may even go with an hour and a half or something next time. So I want to thank you again so very, very much for being with us.
0: Thank you so much, Jeff. It's been my pleasure, and I would look forward to being back any Thank you so much.
1: Excellent. And, folks, make sure you go to the page Authentic You Media on Facebook and like the fact that you've heard this show. And if it's the replay you're listening to, because it is, we archived within about a minute or two afterwards, by the way, Melissa, so the link will be available for everybody, the same link that they're on now to listen to the show will be available. And, folks, next week we have a very special show, but I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag yet. And then the week after that is a gentleman, Noah St. John. And if you've heard anything about Noah or want to Google his name, he's a quite an interesting guy as well. So thank you so very, very much for being with us. Melissa, again, thank you. And we thank you for listening to AuthenticU Media, AuthenticU Radio. This is Jeffrey Miller, your host for Interviews with AuthenticU. Melissa, we will talk with you soon.
0: Thank you so much, Jeff. Take care.
1: Thank you. Everybody have a lovely rest of your day and a beautiful week. Bye-bye. and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW group void for by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18+. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax
0: returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our US-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues.